0: Make it kind. Make it kind.
2: M-I-P. With Marcamella, Matt Fumau. Mark Thompson. Make it kind.
0: Get woke.
2: God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. As always, it's a pleasure to take a little trip up to Maine uh, to be joined by one who was using the word progressive before most of us who were even listening right there. In 1964, he found the publication known as the Progressive Review. It's been going ever since then. Since 1964, we like to say, the news, while there's still time to do something about it, he also has a grammy and an oscar um, uh, millions of followers on social media a uh, world well-renowned musician so he not only is a wordsmith but he's a songsmith here to talk about all the latest especially in this corona pandemic is songsmith and wordsmith sam smith
0: Everybody, it's Sam Smith. Who I found is Sam Smith. Hello,
2: Sam Smith. There. Woo! Sam Smith's album is called In the Lonely Hour. Number
0: one on iTunes. He's on everybody's one-to-watch list for 2014. Give it up for Sam Smith! Sam Smith's coming up right after this. It was a Monday night when you told me it was over.
2: Hey, buddy. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I won't, I won't challenge you on the music thing, but I, I should say that, that the original name for the Progressive Review was the idler and then it became the DC Gazette and then it became the Progressive Review.
2: So what year did it actually become, the name become Progressive Review? The Mm -hmm. idler, the idler was 64, right?
1: 64 through 69, uh, I think it was sometime in the 70s that it became the Progressive Review.
2: Well, that still predates most of us using it today. <laughs> really? I mean, we weren't yeah. saying I hear I got it right here. It what it says on the on and folks as always you got go to the website too, ProRev.com. The idler 6467, DC uh Gazette yeah. 66 to 85, uh, and then 85 uh the progressive review is what it says. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Okay, okay. Um And 40, and as I'm looking at it, the the archives, 40 years of print issues of the Progressive Review and its predecessors are searchable. So yeah. we can find those things. That's great.
1: That's well, almost true. Um, there was a fellow named Ron Hunts, who was yeah. actually a right-winger, who was, um, he was, wanted to do an online, uh, archive of alternative publications and uh he came by my office and asked me for copies and i thought well no one's ever asked me for this before i better let him have them but uh, there were a couple that were missing and and one that came up the other day was the issue in 1970 when i um wrote why we why dc should become a state and how it could become a state Right. And personally, I was able to find it in my own collection.
2: <laughs> um, yes, sir. So how are things in Maine these days?
1: Well, things are very, uh, very quiet. Uh, it's Being in a rural community is a good place to be at a time like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, you're sort of used to not being with crowds. And um, we have a local market where I order things for a week or so, and then I can go and just pick them up. And in five minutes, they bring them out and put them in the car.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's still working for you.
1: That's still working great.
2: So I am looking, you you wrote an essay. Uh, if you go to prorave.com, you can read Sam's essays as well. Belated erratic reflections on unplanned solitude. I want to lift something here. Um, I have also been struck by the fact that for the first time in my late life, I find my age to be an actual asset. As an 82 year old, I and my peers often consider something between non-essential to irrelevant. Thus being assigned to a house for eight weeks is not all that different. I have fewer board meetings canceled, fewer problems to be solved, fewer challenges to present or be presented with thus I was a stay-at-home long before all this happened. Add to this my life as a writer, accustomed to solitude, and what's happening now just doesn't seem as strange to me as it does for many. So you, 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 you're handling it. You're okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Doing. Oh, you time. don't
2: get you don't get cabin fever.
1: No, no.
2: Now you're not getting no, on she, Kathy's nerves, are you?
1: Uh, well, she just goes out and takes a walk when I do. <laughs>
2: Very good. Uh, very good.
1: The the major problem in our fifty three year old relationship is that she still thinks that the computer is a person. And when it doesn't behave to her liking, she gets very annoyed at it.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: And
1: and um she then gets annoyed at me for not being able to tell her what to do right.
2: Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I can dig that. So you have been looking and you share with me some of the latest statistics on this virus, haven't you?
1: Yeah, and um, it's, uh, I keep track of this daily. And there are a number of things which I think are kind of interesting. One is that um, the, globally, the number of new cases has actually started to rise again. It's 19% over what it was the previous week. Mm-hmm. Where America is down about 1%. If you go look back to the peak in April, America is down about 20%, whereas globally it's up about 9%. But the other thing about America that people just don't talk about is that we're 31% of all the cases in the world, which is extraordinary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then as far as the states go, um, the highest number of cases remain in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Massachusetts, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Texas. But um, all those states, except for Texas, California, and Florida, and Michigan have had a drop in new cases in the past seven days compared to the previous week. Um, what's sort of interesting is that some of these states, which have been kind of aggressing, aggressive and weakening uh, standards for safety, Uh, You find that Georgia is up 12%, Texas is up 94%, Florida is up 25%.
2: Right, right. I'm looking at another state you shared worldwide. The global death rate is 6.6% of all cases. And for the U.S., it is 6.1%. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that hasn't changed an awful lot, that relationship.
2: So the states that have weakened. Uh, their lockdowns are up, judges said, 12%, Texas 94, Florida 25. Mm-hmm. So obviously the sheltering at home, the wearing of masks, the social distancing is working to keep the death rate down. Why don't these re- governors just, why don't they get it?
1: Well, well there are an That's awful lot of people, starting with our president, who feel that you can talk yourself out of any situation. and. um this is, I think, one of the, the great liabilities we have as a country today, is that um, public relations has taught us things that we shouldn't have learned. And so that we, we don't, we, we treat, we treat uh, propaganda as an, as an equal to scientific information and facts. And I was just watching, for example, uh, a video of Obama in 2014 talking about the dangers of the pandemic crisis in this country. And the difference between him and Trump is just enormous on this subject.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Um, Trump was very upset last week by some of the statements Obama made in his commencement addresses. But Obama was right. Right. Everything he said was true. And then they're threatening. What's your reaction to this whole Obamagate made-up thing?
1: Well, I I, uh, have a feeling that that in terms of planning it, its purpose was sort of racist. Um, It doesn't make any sense. But then you ask, well, why do you try to make such a big thing of it? And um, I think that the the ethnic aspect of it is something that's really important. When I was in high school, we had uh, sort of the beginnings of the Russian uh, propaganda and all that sort of thing. And we, and later on, we had Joe McCarthy and and. W- i was just sort of raised to think more about facts and bs right and uh, as i tell people you know that i attribute my ability to understand someone like trump to the fact that i was raised on comic books and there were characters like donald trump very typical of comic books but now we're in a situation in which not just trump but our whole society uh, tries to tell stories which aren't true, <laughs> you know, right. about how great they are, or about what they're doing, and, and right. so it's very hard to, facts just don't have the same weight they used to.
2: You compare Trump to some comic book characters, so any specific comic book characters come to mind, Sam, that you would compare no, no, him to? No,
1: I can't think of any that come okay. to mind, but...
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, um, they're even threatening... Well, like a guest said on the show last week, Eric Bollard of Press run. Media, he said, who would want to bring Obama back to run against? I mean, how do you win that? That's just stupid. Um, and then to the suggest that Obama should be subpoenaed to testify, can you imagine Obama testifying for as many hours as Hillary Clinton on the stand as she did in Benghazi? Oh, I don't think that helped helps Trump either. Because Obama, you know, is gonna uh charismatize that's not a word, I just made that up, but he'll charismatize the whole audience and the whole country. And they will long for <laughs> Obama more than Trump, and Obama can't run. So what are they gonna do? People are gonna vote for his vice president. Uh how do you think Biden's doing? Uh,
1: I'm not I'm not enthralled, but really uh... Uh, I'll wait and see who he picks for vice president. I just hope it's not Elizabeth Warren, uh, not for politics, but for the fact that you don't need two Easterners, uh, liberal Easterners running together. Uh,
2: who, who would be your first choice? I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would be your first choice of vice president?
1: Well, I, I, I've i pretty well narrowed it down to Kamala Harris. Uh, um, Whitmer in Michigan and, and uh, Klobuchar. Um, and yeah, we just, we just, I sort of, I, I, I something she did, uh, I wasn't too crazy about her because she, I thought she sort of promoted herself too much. Yeah. But um,
2: That's what some I, are saying. I, that's, that, that's, that's, and I, and I respect you saying, I mean, you're old school. That's not what you traditionally do. But nowadays yeah. people say, hey, why not?
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's right.
2: Especially if you're But I,
1: found, I found her that, that she was reading a book on the history of, of Huey Long. And I said, wait a second, this is really interesting. Because Huey Long was perhaps um, one of the most underrated politicians in our history that liberals should look more at. Because what he did was, and, and as he said, I, do I steal? Sure, I steal. All politicians steal. Uh, but the thing was that he built a tremendous amount of of um, roads and bridges and did all sorts of good things for the state. Mm-hmm. And plus the, uh, the number of registered blacks in Louisiana just went up enormously.
2: Right, right, right. There.
1: And um, it's a story, it's a, it's a little piece of history that we've forgotten, but it's well worth looking at. So I was very surprised to see her reading that.
2: So uh, on stage and her allegedly campaigning for the seat, um, and, and I get to thinking by many that that's traditionally not what's been done. But you know, I thought about it the other day. What women have ever made it or been promoted or achieve positions of, of power and height and authority without them having to make some noise for themselves. And I think that's a part of, of what the, women, the women's experience is of, of, of trying to get somewhere. So I don't have as big of a problem with that. So we had Amy Klobuchar with us and she, uh, her name is, is talked about even more. Some are suggesting that Joe Biden as a moderate probably does not need um, another moderate. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned, I don't know, you mentioned, I mean, I don't have a problem with any of them. I do think quite frankly, for the African American community, more on that in a minute, I know black women who are the most loyal constituents of the Democratic Party want a black woman. That's -hmm. just a fact.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And I don't know that you risk making them apathetic or upset by not picking a black woman. Uh, I think it's very interesting what you said, too. I hadn't thought about the, the double Easterner thing. You know, uh, yeah. Delaware and Massachusetts. That, that that may be, when you talk about Elizabeth Warren, that may be uh, very prescient on your part. I, I don't think anybody's brought that up. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's interesting. And, and some would say that doesn't matter either. The region doesn't matter because some people felt like Delaware didn't really bring into the anything to the ticket for Obama. Electoral, you know, you used to pick vice presidents, I thought, Sam. You know, you go back to uh, Lincoln and others. Normally, you would pick a vice president based upon what type of electoral votes he helped that's you bring, right. that's,
1: right. that's that's the way I think about it.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. Um,
1: and that's why I thought about the governor of Michigan, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's a possibility. Uh, the problem I have with Camilla Harris is she's from California, which is a safe state. It's like Massachusetts, and that's a problem. Uh, um, Biden, Biden. one of Biden's assets is he is from Delaware, and Delaware is right next to Pennsylvania.
2: That's and,
1: true. Uh, and Pennsylvania is one of the swing states, and also it has its own sort of culture, which uh, one of which is that um, if you're involved in... in in politics, you learn to talk to people.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And um, that's a, uh, a quality he has, which uh, Trump, for example, doesn't. He can just shout at them.
2: Gretchen Whitmer definitely helps you with the blue-collar state in a battleground like Michigan. Right. Georgia, though, Sam Smith, is in play now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So Stacey helps you with that if you do that, actually. You know, you might get right. to pick up those sentences in Georgia, too. That mm-hmm. could happen. That is, that used to be, you know, out of the question. Mm-hmm. But not anymore. So it, it's, 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 um,
1: And it's oh, important now, I mean, part of, part of my thesis about politics and history in America is that uh, uh, the Confederacy Lost the Civil War and succession and slavery, but it won everything else, and to even to today, for example, out of the states that are most disinterested in in securing safety in this uh, in this climate and virus, uh, are six southern states. Yeah, and and you look at all sorts of issues, and you realize that that the South is still calling the shots. So having a a a vice president from from Georgia would 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 help in that respect.
2: So yeah, I I would agree. Um. So Biden went on a very popular radio show, The Breakfast Club and said to a predominantly black audience, if you vote for Trump over me, I'm paraphrasing, you ain't black, and I'm not paraphrasing you ain't black part. Yeah. A lot of reactions all over the spectrum. What do you think about him saying that? Should he have said that?
1: Well, I, I think Biden is, uh, has a has a tendency sometimes to, Say the wrong things, and I don't think it's. That's a, an
2: understatement, Sam. That's an understatement.
1: <laughs> That's an understatement, uh, but I don't look at it as sort of an intellectual or political position. It's, it's to me, it's just sort of more like careless whatever goes through his head at that moment, and um, and so that uh, if he had if he had thought for say thirty seconds about it, he wouldn't have said that.
2: He kind of said it in the tone like he wanted to say. It. Well, maybe you know, you, you know Joe Biden kind of thinks uh he he sees himself as as kind of as kind of black anyway. Uh <laughs> you know cuz you know he, sure likes he to like to
1: decide him. that not him.
2: Right. Okay. Uh uh, uh fair enough. But there are you know some African Americans who are making a big deal about it. Some that are not.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I shared in another uh, in another conversation that I uh, would I still would apply your standard to this type of thing. We are obviously he's much worse for African Americans than. Trump is much worse for African Americans than Biden is. So, as you put it before, we should pick, and I want to, I want you to expound this and put it. Put in your own words, but we should pick the battlefield. Right. That's the term. So expound on that, if you would. I mean, if, well, if
1: for one thing, you're not electing a president, just a president. You're electing maybe a hundred judges, including Supreme Court justices. You're also electing people who will make all sorts of federal regulations or remove all sorts of federal reg- regulations. Right, right, right. For example, right. Uh, Trump has done in more environmental regulations than anybody in history. Yeah. Um, and so that you have to think about it more like, say, the British and some of the Europeans do, is that you're electing a party, not just an individual. Correct. And, you know, we tend to make it much too much an individual thing.
2: So let me, I'm gonna play the play the clip and then get your reaction. And then I, I'd like to expound on something you just said. Uh, so here he was. So the context is, they're doing this interview and aid comes into, cuts into an interview and says they're out of time. So, and this is with Charlemagne the God of the Breakfast Club. Take a listen.
1: Your time, I apologize. You
2: can't do that to black media. You I know, can't do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black, they don't have Sam. <laughs> I mean, that, that that wasn't just, you know, if if you didn't know it was Joe Biden, you might have thought it was a black person saying it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I. I I'd say that he he screwed up mightily, uh, and uh, of course all politicians do this. Some with, uh, but I'm afraid that um, that Biden does have a little bit of a language problem, uh, and I think that's one of the things we have to live with.
2: Well, but but you also enlightened us months ago about his stuttering problem too. Yeah. And so all that goes together in terms of his thought process and what he says or doesn't say. Right. You yeah. know. So, I, I just think if Trump said that, then I think the reaction would be unanimous because of Trump's history and his record.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: But you know, we we we've had you know, Sam. There've been plenty of white folks who have identified with our community and and feel like honorary members. The Clintons, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, as a musician, you know, often musicianship uh, mm. has people cross over <laughs> racial and ethnic lines. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could. I'm going to try something on you because I was thinking about what you were saying about choosing the battlefield or the playing field. Mm. So if Sam, if if we're in the if we're going to make the playoffs, we want home field advantage, right? Okay. Clearly, against Trump, Biden and the Democrats give us a home field advantage. If Trump's reelected, then the Republicans have home field advantage, and we're fighting an uphill battle. If the Democrats get elected for African Americans and other minorities and other people, poor, red constituency others, we're still in a in a playoff sort of competition, in a, in a match against whoever's in the White House. At least we should be, because none of us are really supposed to coddle presidents, we're supposed to hold them accountable, I know you'd agree. But wouldn't we rather be, have our home field advantage, at least someone that we know we can get to? We know, Trump doesn't give a damn about what black people think of him. But Biden does not want to be considered a racist or insensitive or anything like that. So that gives us a bit of a home field advantage. What, what do you think of that analysis?
1: Well, I think there's there is that that element to it. Um, my own feeling is that uh, what what is what would really be desirable is for blacks and Latinos and labor unions to come together and form an alliance and come up with some um working class issues that everybody would understand and appreciate i think one of the problems is is that um blacks have been a very strong influence in this country but but right now you don't get any sense of them seeing themselves as the leaders of the whole country you know, we're 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 so much into identity politics that you sort of forgotten the fact that that um one of the ways you create change is for people who are like you and agree with you get power. And, um, so that I think in terms of the, um, um, you know, Kathy was just reminding me of, of stride towards freedom, Martin Luther King's book. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, that was the best book I read in college. And I, it, because it, it, hit me in ways that none of the professors did
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and um I think that that um blacks and Latinos underrate their potential to be have leadership over a good greater part of the country, and they ought to think in those terms and how you do that and one of the ways you do it is you make alliance with your like minded
2: right. friends right and if I friendly amendment to that, you make the alliance before 180 days before the election. Yeah, sure. In other yeah, words, sure. and matter of fact, you make it now.
1: Make it now. And then
2: that coalition mm-hmm. decides who the nominee is right. in
1: 2024
2: right. and beyond. Not in June of the election year. Not just react to whoever's there. Uh uh but 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 you you decide then uh um and and you 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 um, uh, you develop and nurture candidates for all of these offices that serve and overlap the Black Latino and, and organized labor community. Would that's you not agree? That's right. Yeah.
1: And the other thing that's missing now, I think, say compared to the '60s, is the lack of a counterculture. Uh, we we don't really have an alternative to what we're faced with in a in in a sort of a social and cultural way. And that involves things like music and art and and lifestyle. Right. And it's just something that people don't even talk about now.
2: Right. Uh, in your state, it looks like Sarah Gideon is still hovering, according to Rasmussen. I haven't seen all that. I know you look at a lot of poll average. I don't know if you're up on this one, but Sarah Gideon, the Democratic nominee for senator, has like a three-point lead.
1: Yeah, three or four. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. oh, Susan Collins. Uh, yeah. We'd like that to be a little more comfortable, wouldn't we?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess um, what I wonder, I'm, I'm um, wondering about is, is you know, Bill Crystal just announced he was going to vote for the Democrat, and I've been wondering how many. People are getting tired of Trump, and they're not—they're not talking about it, but they're just sort of—it's happening to them.
2: And well, a, a lot of people from sixty up to your age group are. Yeah. Now that's, and and that's that constituency that they count on on the right. Sure. Sure. That's a that's <laughs> that's I mean that's a, if that holds. That pretty much wraps this thing up, and right. those are the most that's right. the most reliable voting population, yeah, I'd like to think we wouldn't get fifty three percent of women white women to go that way again either, and I don't see how I don't see how they could this no. this right. th- he right. has overseen the deaths of thousands and done nothing
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, and and the thing is that um, one of the things, going back to this counterculture thing, is one of, the, one of the problems I feel is a lack of sort of a feeling of what a different sort of society would be like, mm-hmm. and why we should enjoy that idea. And, and just as a small example, right now, one of the issues is going to be very big, is going to be economic ones. And I would say this is an excellent time to push cooperatives, um, because cooperatives work in a different sort of way than your classic corporation, and they um, they help both the customers and the people who work for them in a different way. Yeah. But that sort of thing is 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 creating some new values and some new feelings, uh, and I think there's a real potential for that,
2: yeah. Yeah. And then
1: if there if if there's some song we could sing, that wouldn't hurt either.
2: A song, a movement song. Yeah. You so. Is there one you you're gonna you're gonna write? You're Sam no. Smith. <laughs> no, <laughs> I,
1: uh, I don't think I can do that. But uh, I may have said this to you before, but I, I I every time I see my granddaughter's bedroom door, and it has a peace symbol on it, I say to myself. Why is this the last symbol that had that power? You know, the the 16 year old is still using
2: it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, still using it. It it has uh, stood the test of time indeed. Folks, we invite you to go to progressivereviewprorev.com. A number of headlines uh, up there, uh, as well as Obama's take on the pandemic issue in 2014, as Sam mentioned. The, there's a stark partisan divide on reopening America. And also a headline a court rules Michigan Governor Whitmer can continue state of emergency without legislative approval. Pr- approval. And then uh, Trump's virus drug found to be highly dangerous. Oh, uh, one other thing, you wrote also wrote an essay um, in the past week the, the Supreme Court will decide whether America is now a dictatorship.
1: Yeah, because if um, the Supreme Court gives Trump the power he's asking them for, uh, we might as well just call it a dictatorship. I've yeah. noticed that a lot of the media is using the term king, you know, making Trump a king. No, he's not being made a king. He's being made a dictator. And um, I think this court decision is going to be very instrumental in that.
2: Um. Can I give you an assignment? Yes, sir. I'm giving my 82-year-old elder an assignment, folks. So Michael Tomaski, of The Daily Beast hipped me to a book he wrote about in New York Times a few years ago. It was published in 2010 entitled Competitive Authoritarianism, Hybrid Regimes After the Cold War. And the, the notion of competitive authoritarianism is just like we have here now, but we don't have that name for it because we haven't read the book. Most of us. You even have elections. You have the appearance of democracy, Sam, but it's really an authoritarian, an authoritarian regime. Mm-hmm. Competitive authoritarianism. I'm, I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna give it to Sam. I want readers. Let's let's all look at this. Lucan Way is the author. Lucan Way and Stephen Levitsky. Um. And if those guys are still around, maybe we, we might even have them uh, on the show. And Sam, I may have you join me to talk to them. But um, I, I, that looks like uh, where we are, because we still have elections. We're supposedly gonna have election in November, even though they're gonna tamper with it. Uh, they don't want people to vote by mail. But a pet competitive, so again, the competition, cause you got the elections going on. You have these other branches of government but it's still authoritarianism it's just a competitive <laughs> right. that's right form of. that's kind of interesting isn't it, isn't it? yeah yeah so we, we should check that out together uh, ProRev.com since 1964 the news while there's still time to do something about it Sam thank you you look great hope Kathy's great
1: yeah she's doing fine
2: and uh, glad you all are staying all right. safe and inside man yes sir all right love you guys give her okay, my love take care will do oh all right god you are our refuge send our ancestors to guard our doors cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies heal bless and protect everyone listening and their loved ones if all minds are clear it has been Made plain. thank you for listening to make it plain and get woke remember to listen like and subscribe On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts, if all minds are clear, it has been made plain.